Welcome back, Irish fans, to Breaking Down Bray's Voice podcast. Just finished the Georgia Tech stuff a couple days ago, and then that's canceled, so hopefully this one isn't. But today, previewing Virginia Tech with Mike McDaniel, covers Virginia Tech football and basketball for Sons of Saturday, and he also does some national sports stuff with them too. So go check him out. Uh, I'll try to leave his Twitter in the description, but thanks for coming on, man. And uh, I guess let's get into Virginia Tech. Thanks for inviting me on, man. For sure. So to start out, can you give us kind of a quick overview of each of the five starters and what they can do? Yeah, so this is a pretty balanced lineup for Virginia Tech for the first time since Buzz Williams left, and it's been a couple years. And Virginia Tech, the final year of Buzz Williams back, I guess it was the 2019 season, um, or 2018-2019 season when they went to the Sweet 16. Um, that was a team – under Buzz Williams, it was really top heavy. They were carried by Justin Robinson uh, and Kerry Blackshear, uh, two guys who, uh, you know, for one, Justin, Justin Robinson is one of the best point guards in school history. He's uh, the school's leading assist leader. Um, he's a guy who left Blacksburg with, you know, aspirations to go on to the NBA, which is what he's done. Uh, he's a member of the Philadelphia 76ers now. And just a really good player for Virginia Tech. And Perry Blackshear played Virginia Tech and then played at Florida a year ago um, and then had his extra year of eligibility. And um, he's been able to hold on to that. So I, I think he'll play in the NBA in the future as well. Um, but since that roster, Virginia Tech, you know, has been trying to search for balance, right? And even with that roster, Virginia Tech didn't have the balance that they do now. And a year ago, a lot of young guys contributed, but a lot of those freshmen that played a year ago, probably a year earlier than they should have, you know, now they're sophomores and they're playing better because of it. And Virginia Tech has also been assisted by a couple of transfers this year. So specifically the starting lineup, Kevin, uh, a transfer from Wofford. Um, he played under Mike Young two years ago at Wofford before Mike Young replaced Buzz Williams at Virginia Tech. He brought Aluma with him. He's a traditional big man that Virginia Tech has not had since Blackshear left. Um, he brings a lot to the table. He brings balance offensively and defensively. And um, he is a guy who is an issue in the front court for a lot of teams. He's been a little bit streaky. So I think that's the one complaint offensively. He has a tendency to, you know, go cold at times. But um, when he's on and he's playing well, he's, he's an issue down low offensively, defensively. Justin Mutz is another guy at forward transferred into Delaware. Uh, He's been very good for Tech so far on both ends of the court. He's still trying to find his footing a bit defensively. Um, you know, playing at Delaware versus playing at Virginia Tech in the ACC, you're seeing a different caliber of competition, obviously. Uh, but he's been kind of coming into his own the last few games. I think he's getting more comfortable playing against a higher level of competition. Um, but he's a guy who's very offensively skilled as well. So it's a, it's a very good front court for Virginia Tech. Tyrese Radford, he was Virginia Tech's best player last year. He's probably still Virginia Tech's best player this year. Uh, a guy who's just a problem. He's a little bit undersized for a wing, but he does a little bit of everything. Think of like Marcus Smart at the NBA level and kind of what he was at Oklahoma State when he was at college. It's the same kind of deal. I mean, he plays bigger than his size. He's really good defensively, really good rebounder, and finds a way to bully his way to the glass. And um, not a guy who's going to shoot a lot of threes, so he's not a traditional college basketball wing, but he's a guy who – um, can create his own shot in and around the paint. He's been very good for Tech. A guy who can really fill it up from three. Uh, he's been very good for Tech. Um, 
Naheem Aline, he's my favorite player on the Hokies. Um, really good shooter. A guy who can really fill it up from three. Um, he's a really balanced player uh, offensively and defensively. His whole thing is confidence in his shot, which I think has come along. And he's a good shooter. And it, I just wish he kind of looked for his shot a bit more. Um, he started to do that this year. He didn't do that as much his freshman year as I wanted to, but you can tell he's starting to get more comfortable in that role. And then with this immediate point guard, best defender on ball in the ACC, in my opinion. Um, really, really strong defensively. Doesn't turn the over all that much. Really good passer. Not a scorer, though. So that's something that, you know, Notre Dame won't have to, like, neutralize him as an offensive threat from a scoring standpoint. But he's a guy who creates for his teammates. And defensively, he's a real problem. So it's a pretty balanced starting five. Um, they have a tendency to be a bit streaky because offensively they can go hot and cold. But um, this, is a, this is a good – a good starting five for Virginia Tech. They got some some strong players off the bench as well. For sure. They seem much, much improved from last year at the end of the year when we played them. So, uh, interesting team. And I was, I was going to talk about uh, early in this year, I wasn't really concerned about prepping for them or anything because you normally look at the top teams. And I didn't think this team had any chance to beat Notre Dame really based off of last year. And then you, mm -hmm. I look up in uh, – in November and they beat Villanova. So I'm like, what is, who is this team? So, um, yeah. But then like a week ago, Packer and Durham had them ranked as the number one team in the league. Do you think this is kind of a result of like Florida state being streaky and Duke not really being Duke and Virginia kind of struggling against bad teams? Or do you think they have a realistic chance to win uh, the league or at least make a run in the tournament? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that in a normal ACC year, I mean, it's safe to say that the ACC is a bit down from what it usually is. I think in a normal ACC year, I still think this team's pretty good, but I think it's more like sixth or seventh in the league in a normal year. Um, this year, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, Virginia Tech could certainly win the ACC, but so could any number of teams. I mean, I think it's a total, in my opinion, based on what I've seen so far, um, you know, some teams are playing more than others, obviously. It's a weird COVID year, so things are just kind of turned on their head anyway. But Virginia Tech has certainly won the ACC, but I don't think it's because Virginia Tech has, like, the best roster or anything like that. I think it's just because it's a weird year. I think Virginia Tech's good. I think their tournament good. I think they could be as high as, like, a five or a six seed in the tournament. Uh, but I think in a normal year, they're, like, sixth or seventh. I think they could threaten to win the league only because it's kind of an off year for the conference. They've been probably the most consistent team so far. Um, and I don't want to take anything away because I do think this team's very good. But I don't think it's, like – I don't think it's a top 20 team in the country. I mean, they, they've been they've been ranked that way for a few weeks this year. But I, I think they're, like, in the 25 to 35 range as far as teams are concerned in college basketball, which is nothing to sneeze at considering it's only year two under Mike Young. They're definitely ahead of schedule, but I don't think they're – they're quite as good as they've been made out to be, I think, by the media so far. Um, but there's plenty of room for growth for this team. But um, I, I like what they have as a foundation here, and I think they can certainly build off of that. For sure. What do you think kind of the key was for them starting out so strong and even beating teams like Villanova and competing with teams like Louisville? So I talked to it a little bit already from like the balance of the team. I think that's been what's different about Virginia Tech this year. Like the front court's been a lot better. Kevin Aluma and Justin Mutz coming in as transfers and being instant impact players right away has been huge. Um, seeing Jalen Cohn get healthy, who was a freshman last year and was banged up in the preseason, but seeing him come off the bench and 
He had, I think, 20, a career-high 23 points the other night and a loss to Louisville, but he was very good in that game. Um, but Virginia Tech just has balance, right? They got, you know, depth, which is huge. Um, they got guys who are very consistent. Uh, but I think their downfall is going to be how well they defend, number one, and their ability to limit the turnovers, which has been a problem for them so far this year. But I think the biggest difference is just balance offensively and defensively and then just the depth of the roster. They got plenty of guys who can play in the paint defensively and offensively, and they got guys in the backcourt, a very veteran group in the backcourt mixed with some young and exciting players there at the guard positions that could they can really score, which I think has helped them a lot. So they just have a balanced roster, and I think that's the biggest difference from the last couple of years from now. Sure, definitely a good thing to have, and something I think Notre Dame fans all wish we had. So that's good for them. And uh, can you give us kind of a quick overview on their scheme, like what kind of offense they have, and if they like man, they like to pressure guards a lot or anything like that? Yeah, so you're going to see a lot of man defense. Um, that's kind of been their MO. They haven't played a ton of zone this year. I mean, you'll, you'll see a zone press every now and then if they get into a bind. I mean, you saw that a lot against Penn State where Tech got blown out. So that was kind of out of necessity, but it's not in the core of what they do. I mean, they're a man defense team. Uh, Wabisa Beattie is the guy defensively that is a real issue. Um, the way that he defends the point guard position is you know, something that can disrupt the entire rhythm of an opposing offense. So he's kind of the head of the snake defensively, I would say. Kebe Aluma down low has been pretty good defensively. I think Justin Mutz, like I mentioned earlier, is kind of a work in progress. So he's a guy who I think you can expose a little bit. If you have some forwards, obviously, that, you know, Lashewski is the guy who I point to. And he's like, I'm like, you know, he can, if, if he is matched up against Mutz, that's a matchup I think he can win consistently if I'm a Notre Dame fan looking at this game. Um, so you're going to see a lot of man defense. Offensively, it's a motion scheme. Um, Tech shoots a ton of threes. They're not as reliant upon three-point ball as they were a year ago. It was a live by the three, die by the three offense last year, but now they can score in a few different ways. But Mike Young coach teams always shoot a ton of threes, and they're going to continue to do that. If they get an open look, they're going to take it. Um, Tech's been hot and cold this year. I, I think they're uh, – slightly above average three-point shooting team, but I don't think this is a situation where they're going to hit like 23s in a game. They've, they've done that once this year already, but that's not something that you're going to see regularly. Um, but it's it's a, it's a an offense that can beat you a couple different ways. I wish they fed the post a little bit more because Kevin Aluma has been really good down there, but they have a tendency to settle for jump shots a little bit, and that's hurt them in stretches in some of these ACC games. They've been very hot and cold, I think, because of their shot selection. If they get Kevin Aluma involved earlier and they play inside out, they're a very difficult team to defend, but they haven't done that consistently enough this year to look at Virginia Tech as a team that offensively is just going to just wear you out. Um, I think they have the capability to, but I don't think they do it consistently enough to really be that concerned if, you know, you play a straight-up game defensively. For sure. Good to hear Lashesky can uh, maybe exploit his matchup, especially with what he's done he's recently. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's really good. Lashesky's a really good player. Yeah, he's made a huge leap. I think I think he's been maybe the biggest bright spot in a tough year so far. So really happy to have yeah. him. Maybe we can get to four and six. Uh, we'll see, and then it won't be as dark of a season. But I want. I think you've touched on a lot of their strengths and weaknesses so far. But what do you what do you think their biggest strength is and weaknesses? Uh, weaknesses. They turn the ball. I'll start there because it's just like front of mind. Um, they they turn the ball over too much. Um, and I think Tech has a tendency 
if things aren't going well on the offensive end, I think they have a tendency to take possessions off defensively. They've gotten better about that. That was something that was really hurting them early in the year. The Penn State game sticks out because they had a lot of empty possessions offensively where they actually were getting pretty good shots. Like the, they were getting open looks and just weren't making anything. And Penn State, it felt like everything they looked at went in in that game. Um, and it wasn't always necessarily because Tech was playing poor defense, but they can sometimes, because they're a young team overall, they can sometimes let offensive issues leak over to the defense. So this could, if this is a game of runs, I think Notre Dame needs to make the most of their run offensively because Tech is a team defensively that when things aren't going well on one end of the floor, they let it leak over to the other. Um, and then turnovers have killed them. Live ball turnovers have been just catastrophic for this team this year. They've only lost two games, I know, but they just they've let they've kept teams around even like in the non-conference schedule. Like they they had a game against BMI that was a lot closer than it should have been for a while, and it was because they were turning the ball over a ton. So live ball turnovers have killed them, as it would any team in the ACC. Um, but I think the strengths of this team lie in the offensive balance. Like I mentioned, the three-point shooting, I think, is pretty crucial. And the veteran leadership. They got a lot of veterans on this team mixed with the young guys. Wabisabidi um, is a senior, the starting point guard. Keve Aluma is a redshirt sophomore, but he's played a lot of basketball. Ke uh, Justin Mutz is a graduate transfer from Delaware. So you got a good mix of guys who are young and haven't seen a lot yet, mixed with guys who have seen basically everything at this point. So the balance and the depth, I think, are the strengths of this team. But defensively, they have a tendency to take some possessions off. And they turn the ball over a little bit too much. For sure. So uh, this might be kind of a loaded question or not, I guess, because Notre Dame's three and six. I don't know how much you've watched Notre Dame, but what do you think they have to do to beat Notre Dame? Or as a team, what do they normally do in games that they win? I actually grew up a huge Notre Dame fan. <laughs> um, I didn't get into school there, so I ended up going to Tech. I've always followed Notre Dame, so I've actually watched a good bit of the games this year. I think Tech's a better team. I think they're more balanced. I think the depth is there. I think in order for Tech to win the game, they, they just need to play their game. I think Notre Dame can really hurt them if Lashevsky gets some favorable matchups offensively. I think that could that could be an issue. Um, and, and I think if Notre Dame is able to force turnovers on the defensive end of the court and get into, get into fast break situations, I, I think that'll hurt Virginia Tech as well. So the Hokies need to limit turnovers, which I've been talking about all year. It's kept too many teams in games and you know, I, I know it's been a tough year for Notre Dame, but Mike Bray's teams are always very well coached. And I, I think Notre Dame is probably a year or two away from getting back to what they were a few years ago when it was, you know, felt like an elite eight every other year. Um, th this, is a, this is a good roster for the future for ND, but I, I think Tech is a little bit closer to where Notre Dame wants to be right now. Um, so I think Tech just needs to play their game. I think if they do that, they'll win this game by, uh, it, it's the ACC, so who knows, but, but I'd say like 10 to 15. Gotcha. So are you talking about uh, how Mutz is kind of – he's had some struggles defensively. Do you think they could put a Luma on uh, Lashevsky a little bit to kind of slow him down, or do you think it would be just as bad? I'd, I'd expect that. I, I would. I'd expect a Luma to, to play on Lashevsky a little bit. Um, a Luma, his strength, his, the strength of his game is in his quickness, much like Lashevsky. So I think that would be a very favorable – um, I mean, a more favorable matchup for Virginia Tech if they were able to, to get that. But they switched so much with their man defense that I think Lashevsky will get enough looks with Mutz on him that I think he'll have success. Now, I, I think Virginia Tech's going to do everything they can to hide Mutz. I, I don't – Mutz isn't, like, terrible defensively, but he's just not quite there yet as far as defending these guys in the ACC. So I think 
Lashesky obviously has opportunities in this game. I, I think Prentice Hub's going to have a hard time against Beatty. I mean, he's going to get his because he's a good player, but I wouldn't expect Prentice Hub to just up and score 20 or 25 points. Um, if he does, it's because he had a great game, not because, you know, Wabissa Beatty, you know, was faulting defensively. Um, it's because Hub made some tough shots and, and created some things off the bounce. Um, Hub's a really good player, too. It's just hard to – Beatty makes it really difficult on guys. Um, he's very underrated. As I saw, I think, the, I think it was the Athletics said that Wabissa Beatty was – um, it was like an anonymous players poll. It said Wabisabidi is the toughest guy to go up against um, in the conference defensively. And he doesn't really get those kind of accolades, but he's just so good defensively. I think he'd get Prentice Hub a hard time. But I don't know. If, Hub's, if Hub scores like 20 or 25 points and Lashevsky gets his, I think Notre Dame could win this game. Seriously. For sure. Yeah, hopefully we get the Prentice Hub. I'm sure you're familiar with his inconsistency based on how many games you've watched. But zero in Purdue, <laughs> we could uh, – hopefully we don't get a zero point. Purdue game again, but uh, it could be likely. I mean, if a guy's scoring five points in 25 minutes like BD is, there's a reason he's on the court, and uh, you can definitely see that. Right. Uh, he's so not gonna. He's not going to hurt you. BD's not going to hurt you offensively with scoring. He's his entire game is his ability to pass and set guys up and then play defense. He's like an old school point guard. I mean, that's that's his game. For sure, I'm, I'm sure Hub is not looking forward to to that or maybe he is but hopefully hopefully you can make the most of that but before I let you go you kind of touched on this earlier but I know predictions can get you in trouble but do you have a prediction for this one I think Virginia Tech wins I think they need to win and and I think this is a must win for Notre Dame too I mean Notre Dame needs this real bad and um, Virginia Tech with with the state that Notre Dame's in currently they can't afford to lose this game it'll undo the goodwill of beating teams like Villanova and Clemson early in the schedule Tech's got to win this basketball game um, I do think Notre Dame makes it competitive though maybe that's just a little bit of my uh, yeah. my love my old love for Notre Dame in me I think ND does make it competitive though but I think Virginia Tech wins Gotcha. Definitely understandable, especially with Notre Dame struggles against ranked teams, but I'm hoping they can pull it out. I'm sure you're not, but thank you for coming on. Any closing thoughts about the game or anything? I appreciate you having me on, Joey. Um, yeah, just uh, keep watching this ACC basketball schedule. I mean, it's teams are kind of up and down. I, I think there'll be a bit more consistency once teams get more games under their belt. I know every team's at a different spot right now with the COVID stuff, but it's just good to have basketball on. For sure. Hopefully I actually get to post this preview. Hopefully 10 minutes after this, we don't get uh, scraps. Right? Yeah, that's what happened with Georgia Tech. So hopefully this one doesn't end up like that, but thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm not sure if they play again. I didn't look to be honest, but hopefully we can get you back on if there's another game so thank you for coming on yeah for sure all right so now we've heard from mike uh about virginia tech a little more discouraged than i was coming into this but i guess we'll finish up the preview start with the keys one i'm gonna say rebound just got killed on the glass against unc probably the main reason why we lost that game um, outside of durham kind of going cold at the end and missing two free throws and a huge shot to win the game i think that's probably the biggest reason we lost so I don't think this team's going to be any easier to rebound against, even though Baycott, Brooks, and Sharp were so good at it. Um, this is not a team that's a poor rebounding team, so really going to be something they could struggle with, and if they don't struggle with it, they're going to be in this game a lot more than they would have been otherwise. I mean, this isn't a team that – I mean, they shoot well from outside, but 
they're not going to shoot so well from outside that you're not going to be able to rebound. So you have to re- you have to rebound to even think about winning this game. So hopefully Bray and the staff have been kind of um, nagging them about that. Hopefully Leshesky, Durham, Zona can bring it. Zona was really good on the boards against UNC. I think he was the only good one on the board. So hopefully they can get that going, get some help from Dane Goodwin in that aspect too. So really need that. And another thing they need is the turnover battle um, to go in their way. Virginia Tech, he was talking about how they struggle with turnovers. Notre Dame's done the same thing at times. So hopefully um, Hub doesn't really struggle too much with B-Day um, and he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. But if he does and we lose the turnover battle, there's another another thing that's going to really limit our chances of winning this game. So that's going to be something huge to look for. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for Hub. I think you're going to really have to see Ryan and hopefully Wirtz if he plays. We haven't gotten Wirtz status, Bray said like maybe a couple of days ago. So really going to need him for this one. And hopefully we can get that. And then a third thing, I'm going to say capitalize on runs. They haven't done this that well this year. They haven't had huge scoring runs much. I think Bellarmine, they had a big one. But most of the time it's been against them. So if you have a 5-0 scoring run, you need to make that into a 10-point run against a team like this. Hit them when they're down. He was talking about how they check out defensively a lot. So if they can really capitalize on the runs, make five-point runs into 10, 15-point runs rather than five-point run turns into a 5-3 run, and then it's back to even. Uh, really need that, and that's going to be something huge to watch also. Maybe not as big as the other two, but still big. And then I, want, I wanted to talk about this with everything going on with the program right now, not Ryan Ayers. Uh, I know what you were thinking, but there's three things to watch for I picked in this game. I don't know if I'm going to continue this kind of segment, but one, I'm going to say the status of Trey Wirtz. We all know how much Trey Wirtz can help this team. I think you win the UNC game if Wirtz is playing. That's not an excuse, but I, I think we can all agree Trey Wirtz would have made more than a one-point difference, so – uh, if he plays, we have a way better shot of winning this game. Cormac played 38 out of the 40 minutes against UNC. So I'm really hoping that he doesn't have to do that again. And Wirtz can provide some huge value. And then regardless of how Wirtz, uh, if Wirtz is available or not, I'm really looking at how Bray uses the bench in this game. He used every guy on his bench, Elijah Morgan, Tony Sanders. Sanders only had one minute. And Zona had 18. Jogo had 18. I mean, he used every player on his bench against UNC and it actually worked for him. I mean, they didn't finish, but the starters looked a lot more energized at the end of the game. Um, looked like they were in good enough shape to finish that game out. Even Cormac, who played 38 minutes, and Bray said he's not used to playing him for that long. So, really interesting. I think Elijah Morgan can provide you a lot of value off the bench and spot minutes like he did against UNC. So, it should be interesting to see how he uses that. I think this is another team Zona could have an impact against also. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes eight or nine deep again. Really interesting to see against the team that has some good big men and makes it challenging on guards. I don't know if he's going to put Morgan in against um, Virginia Tech's really good defensive guards, but it's going to be tough. Um, but if you can get some spot minutes from them, going to make it a lot easier on the starters, especially with some good defenders that Virginia Tech has. And then last thing I'm looking at, Prentice Hub could struggle a lot in this game with B-Day. And, um, I'm really looking at what he does if he struggles. 
he was seven for 12 against UNC. He's pretty efficient, but we've seen a lot of times like against Michigan State where he's really forced the issue um, if he's struggling, even against Purdue to an extent, but not as much. But if, if he's forcing shots and they're not going, we're going to be in a world of trouble. But I'd love to see him do what he's done more often recently, um, kind of take a back seat to other scorers and kind of run the offense, slow it down. I think we'd be way better off with that if he's struggling, but hopefully we don't have to deal with that. I think this could be a game where he struggles, though, unfortunately. So that's kind of all I have for that. I brought up Hub in there, so my matchup to watch is going to be Laz and Durham versus Mutsa and Aluma. I mean, those are two of your best players for Virginia Tech, and Lashesky been the best player on Notre Dame, and he's coming off the two best games of his career, arguably. So really got to get him going. Hopefully they can get Mutz on to him a little bit. Regardless, I think Lashesky's going to have a big night. Well, late afternoon, Sunday at 6. But really, that's huge. I'm more so looking at the rebounding, too, more than kind of Lashesky scoring. Because if you lose that battle, like I said in the keys, this is not this is not a game you can really win. They're not North Carolina. They shoot way better than North Carolina. So uh, that's a matchup you have to win down low, scoring, and you have to stop those two guys. Both decent scorers, Mutt's averaging 17, Balloon's averaging 15. So, or Mutt's averaging 7, not 15. But if I remember right, Mutt's was – I think he was like the second leading – rebounder in the country behind Mooney last year. So going to be really tough to slow him down on the boards and hopefully they can kind of take advantage of whatever advantage they have down there. Hopefully Durham or uh, Zona can come in and make an impact on the boards, but I'm not sure if that can happen. That was a good game for him against UNC though. And then to my prediction, unfortunately, going to have to go with Virginia Tech by 7-10. to 10. That's uh, about as optimistic as I can be right now with this team. They're not, they're not really playing well, obviously, three and six, haven't really been a good team. So, and they're coming off the Ayers thing. Not a lot of great buzz with this program right now. So I'm really hoping they can turn it around, get a ranked win, but we'll see. I don't know how, how they're going to pull it off, but if they can do it, it's huge. For predictions this year, I think I'm 1-0, and 2-0. I think I'm 2-3-1, and 3-2, and 4-2, and 5-2. and two. All right, so I'm, I am 6-3 and three this year, opposite of Notre Dame's record on games that have happened. So I'm not – I don't have the best record right now, but – I'm in decent shape, so really hoping they can pull this one off. Not too optimistic, though. And we'll be back with a preview probably Tuesday night for Virginia Tech. So thank you guys for watching. Go Irish. Sorry if the auto, audio screwed up. There's an airplane. But thanks for watching. Go Irish. Beat Virginia Tech. Peace.